Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. It is the Red Men Podcast. Steve Hall here with Ross Chanley and Chris Pajak. All you poor Machen fans were thinking, what is going on? We've had a late sub. Ross very much like um, Naby Keita in the Carlin Cup final, or the Carabao Cup final, drafted in very last minute. Hopefully he can perform as well as Naby did in there. So, yeah, Paul feels a little bit under the weather, so he's not here. Ross is different. Say again. Yeah. Ross is Divock. Yeah. I'll take Divock. Yeah. No, because Tiago got injured. Tiago got injured in the warm-up. Coltero going to come in and score the score the winner. That could be either way. Basically, Paul's not feeling too good. So we've all shifted along and uh, Ross has jumped in. More than adequate replacement, aren't you, Ross, for, for Paul Machen? If anything, replaced his looks with Reese. Yeah. A little bit later. Yeah, so we, yeah. It could, it's, it's, it's all fine. It's all fine. So, yeah. What we're going to talk about today, then, on today's show, we're obviously going to be a little, <laughs> having a little look at back of the derby. We're obviously going to be a little, Ross. <laughs> oh, <laughs> quite a bit, yeah. Uh, that's Paul's job normally, so yeah, well done. I can, I can do that as well. Oh, Don't cool. worry. Uh, yeah, we're going to look, look a little bit like back at the derby. We've got a little bit of transfer talk because all you guys love the transfers. So, even in the middle of a quadruple season, everyone's obsessed with the summer. So, we're going to indulge. We're going to, we're going to bow down to your wishes and talk about a couple of Liverpool players who might be heading, heading to that. We're going to talk about FSG out, right, lads? Maybe. There's a chance. Hashtag squad depth. <laughs> All of it. And then we're going to have a little look at Villarreal and Newcastle as well. I wonder and... how those people are doing. Yeah. They're probably on their second accounts now, the ones that don't say FSG out, aren't they? They're on, like, Thiago season. Oh, yeah. Mm. So, yeah, that, that's all to come in the show. But um, first, got a kick-off question. I'll be honest, I amalgamated two kick-off questions into one. It was very much like an Ikea build-your-own kick-off question. So we had... Um... You got Charlie to do it. Yeah, no, I, I, I did this myself. Charlie does build the furniture around here, but no, I did this one myself. She's absolutely wicked at it as well. She's, all, she's awesome, a flat pack furniture. She is. Um, so that's Flatback Charlie, of, that's a nickname. Flat pack, I mean, that's Paul's wife you're talking about using. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's Gauser J, who's at I, I, I like Calzoni and I like Calzoni too. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, it's if you don't. And then RG. No one really argues about whether you should have pineapple in a Calzoni. Well, it's the same argument as the pizza, isn't it, really? I a, think so. It's, it's just a folded over pizza. Yeah. Do you like Calzoni? Love it. You and Jay, Scouts and Jay, will get along swimmingly well. You and know then, what I want more of? Go on. Deep pan pizzas. Like proper American-style deep pan pizzas. There's a place in Manchester that I keep meaning to go to called American Pies Manchester. Followed them on Instagram before they opened. Really into them. Nice. I'm, I'm a pizza guy. Pizza, I mean, I'm a food pie. guy in general. So yeah, Pizza pie? Yeah. All over it, absolutely all over it. Anyway, he plus at Archie and loads of numbers. So Archie's obviously got a new account. <coughs> I can't combine their, their question into one. So it says, since Steve recently got married, yeah, look at that. She oh, liked, she liked this. So she put a ring. Now? She liked this. So she put a ring on it. Nice, uh, nice. Uh, 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 I find that mine's really heavy. 
just just in terms of the burden on your life or <laughs> like literally gold yeah and then uh, so anyway, since Steve recently got married which the pool player would you want as your best man if you were to get married again so Ross you're not married so you're the only one technically could go down this route unless me and Chris get divorces which given our lives we may very well at some point our wives may get fed up of us but for now you're the the only unmarried guy who who would you want your best man to be any Liverpool players let us know in the live chat if you're watching along live now guys as well and also the club legend discord you guys get involved as well we'll leave some of yours out I think it's Andy Robbo I think it is oh oh my first thought was James Milner but he doesn't drink but then he still have a good time but I think it's Andy Robbo I think Andy Robbo loves loves a party it's got to be someone who isn't too boring but isn't too absolutely wild because they might kill you. Yeah. My best man nearly killed me at my at my stag do. And my boss as well got involved in this. You did it yourself, judging by the pictures. Yeah, you did. A, a little bit. But Is that it, when you've been sick into a we bit? Did, we didn't yeah. force you to do... Oh, wait, we did. Yeah, that's literally what you did. <laughs> People were spiking me drink with other bits of drink. It was fine. It's okay. I got but, spiked with Viagra on mine in the red light district. Awesome. How'd that go? Not great. <laughs> <laughs> Better than the blue light district. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, Andy Robbo seems good because Walking he's... Walking around Amsterdam, tenting. <laughs> so what you do anyway? Yeah, only when Thiago's on the field. Oh, yeah. So you kicks, it's rude to point. Like, like, I, I was dressed as a giant penguin, actually, at the time, and they were all like, <laughs> lads. A penguin with a hard on. <laughs> they were like, oh, you can take that off now. And I was like, no, I can't. <laughs> I'm going to keep the penguin outfit on if you don't mind. So... If you don't want your best man to spike you with a Viagra, you can't go too down the wild side, but you don't want to go too bored and have a miserable... Bobby was the well. first thought, but I think he'd be a bit of a wild... That's, that's bordering on reckless. Yeah. You take Bobby for me. You know? I think Andy Robbo's the perfect kind of laugh, but he can be quite serious as well. I think that's a good or, answer. Or Jürgen, if you can pick a pick a manager. I know it says player, wasn't it? It was question, or was it? It was player. It was player, but listen, it's fine. It's our podcast. We can do what we want. Yeah. Um, I Leon says it. If you're going to go coaching stuff, I wouldn't mind Pep Linders, you know. Knows how to party, knows how to have a be very organised. Likes to dance, very organised, yeah. exactly. Organise a good stag do. Because that's import, the important part, isn't it? Is how, how you organise a stag do. And can you turn up on your stag do to yeah. the right place? Like, He'd have know, an itinerary. Alan, yeah, my, my best man went to the wrong place. Yes. He organised the pub that we were going to and literally went to the wrong pub in the morning. He did, yeah. That, that, that sums him up quite well. His speech was good, though, to be fair to him. Um, Leon in the chat says, I could see Robbo necking the mum in Lordo when they were both pissed. Wow. So, yeah, sound, yeah. It's pretty, yeah, fair, fair play to that one. Glenn says, it has to be Jürgen Klopp. Just imagine the speech. And he loves a pint as well. He does love a beer as well. And we've got Ma- uh, Matthew Go- MP Daniels, obviously, in the Discord, who says, not too wild, so that then Costas has left this chat. <laughs> yeah, Costas can't be the answer for this one. Alison Becker's another good shout, actually. Be There'll be time. lots of meat and, like, barbecue food yeah. and horseback riding and stuff. See, I'm not into that. We know it's like, I hate that. With people, like, organise stag doing, and they take you, like... Or things they want to do. Like, paintball. I just, just want to go, get drunk. I'm not interested in any of that kind of stuff, so I'd be worried about that. I, I'm I'm going for Robbo is my answer as well. You've gone Yeah. What's yours, Chris? I might take Trent. Awesome. I, I, yeah. Or Kurt Jones, one of them too. Oh, Curtis. Curtis is a good shout. We're going to do some wheelies. I'm fucking... fucking right, like, you know what I mean? Everyone turns up in a North Face tracky. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be fantastic. You know he's organising a great start. What a stag dude that was then. He'd <laughs> <laughs> be brilliant. It'd be absolutely super. I agree. I, I actually think Costas is getting a bit of a... I think Costas could be all right. He's on the... He's just... I think he might just be towards the normal side of crazy. No, I think he might die. But your stag dude should be fraught with a little bit of danger. The, your missus got to be at least 2% concerned that you're not coming back. So, like, James Miller can't be in it because he will have you back 100%. Probably fitter than when you left. Yeah. He's actually doing, like, he's actually doing doggies and, and, and Cutting squats. grass with scissors. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah One like, lad never made it back from mine. Paul. 
just gone. He, he, he booked the flight at the wrong time, but somehow we managed to get through the entire airport. Where did you go? We went to Brussels and then Amsterdam. It was like a four day. It was <laughs> wild, to be honest. And um, he met us in Amsterdam. He didn't come to the Brussels part of it. And then we were getting back and we got to the point where we're leaving the airport and walking out onto the runway. And they were like, yeah, your flight's tomorrow at this time to Paul. And like basically everyone was just celebrating. They were just so happy that someone had to stay in Amsterdam for another day on, I'm sure his, he was on, on his own that we all bought champagne on the plane to celebrate <laughs> the fact that we'd left them behind. It was brilliant. Amazing. Did he have a good time in Amsterdam by himself for 24 hours? I don't know. Don't think so. Did he spike himself with Agra for the final day? Probably did. What happened in Amsterdam stays in Amsterdam? It does. Unless you're on the runway, in which case you can tell everyone the story. Apparently, that and, and being a, a penguin with a hard on. <laughs> I think Charlie booked his flight as well. You know, she, I think she booked. She might have wanted wrong. to stay in Amsterdam. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, no, fair enough. Well, shout out to Paul. Hopefully, time, hopefully had a good time in Amsterdam. Hopefully, he's feeling a bit, a bit better now. Then, yeah. So, yeah. Before we start moving on to uh, the chat about Everton and all what's to come this weekend, what is again another massive, massive week in the history of Liverpool Football Club. We're going to bring in Reese from Who Knows Wins, our, our sponsor for today's show, which means I've got to put on these extortionately big headphones. And these two have got to share the headphones. How are you doing, Reese? You good? So good. We, we lost Reese for a second, but Reese is back. Nice one. Yeah, so Reese, for those who were listening, Reese said, What about Joel Matip? Would have been a good shout. Right, Reese, let's talk about Who Knows Wins this week. We've got the hat here for the whoever lost. And I've got a sneaky feeling I know who this is going to be. And these these headphones are not going to be the only thing that makes me look very, very ridiculous in the next four minutes. But in general, mate, how did the week go for everyone? And can you let us know our scores as well? I think with you guys, it was generally pretty consistent. Fours, fives, I think, you know, Ross, Stee, Sai, all four. Who came out on top? This guy. Six you... out of ten. Can't see it on our leaderboard though, mate. Uh, PJ, Charlie, Charlie, Chris, and Paul, Tom at the top, mate. So I don't, I don't believe you. Are you allowed to play your own game? <clears throat> That's awesome, Reese. Yeah, six is good, man. As I'm a representative, did six win money this time around? I think six, uh, six out of ten got us three pounds seventy-two. So not quite the original investment, but still winning money. I've, I have now got the hat on, the who knows nothing hats. I am bottom of the leaderboard again. I think choo, choo, do that for me. <laughs> Ross, you have to have a little go now as well, because we, we shared the losing dignity or indignity of oh, that. No. Yeah, so for those of you who are in, we'll go through a little bit oh, more. Like Essentially, if you've, if you've ever played who knows wins before, very, very simple game. You get 10 football fixtures on the weekend. You've got to guess who's going to win them, or if it's going to be a draw, the more you get right, the more chance you've got of winning. Like I say, you don't have to get them all right to win the prize. There's a £10,000 pot. This week, we had one, two, we have five people, all got nine out of ten, so they, they won £1,365.80 each. Like I say, if that was an accumulator and they had ten games on, they would have won absolutely zilch, so... Yeah, they got 1,300 quid over there just for, for predicting nine football games, right? So Amazing. Happy days for them. Like I say, if you do want to get involved with us, the link's in the description below. We're now going to have a little chat, Reese, about this week's games on Saturday because um, we, we've I've had a little sneak look at this and I think, again, I've not been good the whole time, but this looks extra difficult this week. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so we've got an even split of five Premier League games, five Championship games. So, And there's some pff, tough ones to call in there. You know, teams in the Premier League, in the relegation battle. Um, you've got teams in the championship trying to get into the playoffs. So I don't know if you want to run through the games quickly, but the Premier League games where we've got this weekend are Aston Villa versus Norwich, Southampton versus Palace, Watford versus Burnley, Wolves versus Brighton, and Leeds versus City. 
And then in the championship, we've got Blackburn versus Bournemouth, Coventry versus Huddersfield, Middlesbrough versus Stoke, Nottingham Forest versus Swans, and Reading versus West Brom. So yeah, I, I'll be lucky to get five out of them. Yeah, I've looked. I'm looking and, already. There were hundred hundred percent of people are picking Aston Villa to beat Norwich, though. And I'll be honest, that isn't a safe for me because Aston Villa are in terrible form at the moment. They haven't won for ages. They got a nil nil draw the other day. But like every single person so far who's made their guess has picked Villa, and I think that's a bit dodgy. The thing is, I, I'm so I think I'm starting to get onto this a little bit. You don't want to be getting those guesses in this early. I don't reckon. I reckon you you want to be getting in there sort of an hour or two before the kickoffs because you can still update them. So what I've been doing is I've been putting my picks in and then I've been updating it on the Saturday so in case I forget, basically. So that's the way that I'm sort of looking at now, any injury news and stuff like that. So That's the way you lost last week. Yeah, well, I won our league, mate. How many did you get? Am I setting a cap? No. He makes a good point. For a man wearing a who knows nothing cast, you've got an awful lot to say about Avocus's <laughs> performance in this game. Last but, week wasn't, though. No, you know, you've done all right the other week before. That doesn't, listen, you're only as good as your last outing. That's what they say in footy. Reese, in general, um, I'm looking at, you know, the championship. I just find the championship ridiculously hard to predict. Is that where historically like most people go, if they don't get one right, is it often that? Because I, I, it's such a batshit crazy league, that league, that I always find it so so difficult. Do others, is it just me or is that generally across the board as no, well? No, I mean, that, that's, that's a good point to be fair. I mean, with the championship, you do have like this middle pack of teams all the way from like seventh all the way down to 16th, 17th, and they can all beat each other. So, and they can even take points off, you know, teams in the top six as well. So it is incredibly hard to predict. I'm looking actually at the Watford Burnley game as one that's going to be difficult to look at. That's it's tough because Burnley they've looked decent, haven't they? I'm just picking Burnley because I want Everton to get relegated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. No. Also, we're making a rule now. We're all going to pick uh, Man City to win. Yes, so we reverse engineer that. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay. actually in for that one. I think I bit to draw already. You were a bit to draw already for that. Change oh, yeah. that, please, Ross. Yeah. I will. Yeah, change that. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's what we need to start doing for the end of the season. I'm quite happy to throw away the off fiver to make Man City lose a game. Just keep picking them to win. And it's, on, it's our chance. And you guys can get involved as well, like I say. The link is in the description below. If, if you click on it, download the app, get involved. We, we play the weekend pick 10 league. It's every Saturday, essentially. 10 Saturday kickoffs. Come and play against us. If you check the leaderboard out, you can see where, where, what... I think me, you and Paul are highlighted as well, so everyone can find us very easily. Usually, I'm down at the bottom of it. You can find me there. Sigh. <laughs> Not great at all. I'm hoping, 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 hoping I can do better this week. Reese, thanks very much for joining us, my mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. Cheers, gents. Uh, and Cheers, enjoy Reece. the game. Enjoy the Ville Royale game, mate. And, uh, oh, yeah. So, one last one as well. We've actually Go got a game league for the Villarreal game tomorrow. So, if anyone Ooh. gets on the app, they can make their picks on tomorrow's game against Villarreal. Lovely. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Thank very lovely. much, Reese. I'll have a little look at that as well. Cheers, Reese, mate. Have a nice week. I'll yeah, see you, mate. Soon. Cheers, Cheers guys. Nice bye bye. Time. Time, my mate, time, my mate. Right, I can take these headphones off now. And, uh, you yeah. can leave the, yeah, and the other hat. Shall I put it back on for this yeah. link? There we go, then. I feel like I'm supporting Donald Trump. Yeah, it is very Make America Great Again. I'm all for it. It's absolutely fine. Absolutely you fine. look less bald, though. I look less bald. Thanks, Ross. I think that's <laughs> I like being bored. Right, let's move, let's talk about Everton. Obviously, we, you, you, Ross, you were on the final way, Joe. We've we've spoken a lot about Everton in general, but because I haven't really had a chance to speak to you about it, we've been we, we've crossed paths quite infrequently over the last couple of days. Um, what I would say is that one trip to the urinal. That was that was all we did together. Room for a little one. One of us said that. I'm not going to tell you who it was. 
That's me. Right, um, Everton turned up with a game plan, mate. That, that's what we. That's the what I would say about them is <coughs> if you're comparing them to our other rivals, Manchester United, who look like an absolute shambles. At least Everton came with something. It wasn't very pretty, and it was very anti-football, and it was a little bit surprising to see that team with that manager going so defensive. You would never thought that would happen, but there we were. What were your general thoughts after like 10, 15 minutes when you realised they were literally just like they parked the bus on our edge? I, I felt box. very. Oh, Lampard's fan Mourinho's 13-14 textbook here. And, you know, you know the, the, the infamous game, that I can't say the that, actual words, yeah. So it felt very much like that, to be honest with you. Like, he was like, look, I need, I need to do something different. They, they showed heart. They showed desire. They showed like they wanted something. It's just a shame for them, uh, not for us, that they haven't done that in any other games. You know, they clearly got themselves up for the derby. And they had a game plan and they nearly executed it, to be fair to them. But Liverpool have got too many sh- tools now. We can just expose you in different ways. And it's the patience that Liverpool play with, isn't it? You know, even I don't ever really think like I thought Liverpool were ever going to lose or draw that game. I, I still didn't in the stands, you know, and, and I'm sure people did. I could hear people around me that very much were on the cusp of, oh my God, we need to get this sorted now. But as soon as Jürgen made those changes, I was like, this is it, because it's something different. You know, that's the one thing that I think that Divock gives us that the other lads on the bench don't who go into those forward positions. You know, you can bring Diaz on. He's going to play in a similar way to a Sadio Mane if he's on the left or a Diogo Jota. You know, they're all got interchanging skills, but they're all very similar styles of players. So when I saw him do bring Divock on, I was like, that's sound. That makes perfect sense because we're trying something slightly different now to break them down. And it's all about timing with these lads, isn't it? You know, they work the answers out on the field most of the time. And that's what they've been brilliant at over the last few months. So time and time again, you see them come up against the brick wall. It was five at the back for the most part, 4-1, or it was 4-5-1. I mean, you've probably been optimistic with the one. Yeah. It's probably more 4-6. But then they just work it out. They just find a way to, to get it through there. And of course, once we go 1-0 up, I'm thinking, oh God, it actually could end up being 3-4-0 again here. Because uh, they look broken. They look, even when they were behind, they never ever looked like they were trying to score a goal for me. You know, I thought he turned up all over the top. That's easy to deal with. I thought he turned up, Ross, looking not to get the goal difference welly because that could that could keep them up. Goal, yeah. it could come down to goal difference at the bottom. It's so tight down there. With I, I think we can say Norwich and Watford are pretty much dead and buried. Although they're saying they're not, they probably are. It's one of Burnley, Everton, or Leeds who are going to go down there. And as it stands, Leeds have got the much worse goal difference. So it felt to me like Everton. They thought we're not going to get anything here, but Liverpool. If we play open, they could. They could. You know. They, they, they ran through Manchester City in a half and scored three. Imagine what they could do it's, to it, us. It, it, I think it's proper Tim Pot that, to be honest with you, even playing like that. No, I, I agree, but I think that's. What, I, no, I, I think that's what they. I think that's what they did as well. By the way, stay. I think you're right, but for me, you've got to go and try and get points. That's what the. That's what was going to save you. Not your fucking goal difference. It's pathetic to even I, think about that going into the game, lads. Go. Imagine. Imagine trying to be a manager, and this is why I don't think Lampard did it. Imagine trying to get. Don't get walloped today, lads. Fuck yeah, but he'll say, you know what I mean? The, the Premier League footballers, they can't go into a game thinking, let's just not get B4-0. That's a joke. No, like. you're right, but he's probably gone on. He probably said to them, we're going to keep it tight, we'll try and we'll get nil and we'll try and nick one on the break. And to be fair, the game plan to break, they, they had a couple of breaks where maybe if they, were, if they had any good players, they might be able to finish. You know, like the Corey goes through a couple of times. Anthony Gordon, yeah, or he doesn't dive on the floor. Let's talk about him then, because there's been a lot of reaction to Anthony Gordon. He's done an interview, he's, he's been very vocal on his social media in a lot of different ways and stuff like that. I've always felt that if you dive 
the next time you get fired, it's a little bit boy who cries wolf. There's every chance that Joe Matip might have given a pen. I don't think it's a pen, but it's one of those where if the ref gives it, VAR isn't overturned. It's a subjective call. It's very hard to get subjective calls in your favour, I think, when, you've, when you're already booked for diving. He's, he's getting himself a reputation because he's a really good footballer, I think. Well, he's a very, he's a, he's a very good talent. There's a lot to work with there. You can see why Everton like him. But once you've been booked for diving, it's, it's, it's going to be... Extra did more difficult. That that see the doubts in a referee's mind already, and it felt like that's how this one panned out. Yeah, um, funny enough, I was talking to Baz about it yesterday, and I thought it was just a, a recent thing, or he was doing it during that game. But apparently, he was he's been doing it since Rafa told him to, to kind of do it. But I think it's about being clever, and that's what Harry Kane gets tired with when he does it. It's clever play when he steps in front of his man and wins a free kick, or he puts himself underneath underneath someone, and, you know, nearly breaks someone's neck. It's, it's clever from from Harry Kane. I just think there's a time and a place to do it. And he's just not not all convincing. And the other thing is, he doesn't need to do it half the time. I've watched a few Everton games this season. I think he's been one of their most exciting players. One of the very few players who actually gives his all 110%. And sometimes he's willing to stay on his feet and graft. And that's what he feels like the type of player he is to me. But obviously he's been influenced by either Rafa or Ancelotti or Lampard to say, listen, if you get something down, if you get a touch, go down. Because that's a very good opportunity for Everton to score a goal and get some points on the board. But he's just made himself look stupid. So when he's done it, what was it, two, three, four times, then he eventually gets booked for doing it. Then when he gets to a decision where it's a 50-50, then I don't see that's why he can complain about it. When he's, like you said, the boy crab up was the phrase that we used yesterday on, on the final word. Just making a, a rod for your own back. And then I think Everton have made it worse by then complaining about it. You know, look at your performance of your other players. One of your central midfielders had one completed pass in 73 minutes. That's a bigger issue for me than a, was than, than, yeah, than a, than a, than a penalty. Yeah, no, you're right. Don't you do. You got your other player who's, you know, one of your other forwards was going down every two minutes every time he got a touch to the face or whatever. Have a word with him rather than complaining about penalties. That's why you've got no points yeah, on you, the board. Yeah, I think you've got to be you've got to be smart in that you've got to look at how the ref's ref in the game. Like he was letting everything go. Unless it was blindingly obvious. You know, you think of the one is it Divock Origi gets absolutely clouted by Michael Keane in the penalty area. You know, you think of all the challenges in the middle of the park. That, that just didn't go on. We were Tarleson on the floor so many times when play is going on. This is how the ref ref in the game. Like, you know what I mean? It, it, it's different if the ref blow him for everything. Take your chances, go down, try and be smart. If the ref blow him for absolutely everything, but if he's not, you're going to look fucking stupid. I always think as well, like, back yourself to score. Yeah. Like, he was about to beat Naby Keita. He, he, he was about to beat him. Naby Keita just stopped trying to tackle him because he knew he was done. He was going to be one on one. Again, on the on the Matip one, he's, he's in front of your Matip trying to score. I, I I don't get why you need to do that. Like, but even the Trent one, where Trent gets booked, he clears Trent and just leaves his foot dangling because he knows he'll get he'll get yeah, it booked. It's, it's strange. It's, 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 it's a strange sight. Himself. That's fine yeah. because he's he's really good between the penalty areas. He's a strange. It's it's yeah. He's got no. He's felt like a lack of confidence almost from a young young player. Because like I say, he did have Trent, and he if he jumped over Trent, he had he had Anfield to run into and try and score. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. In in terms of the the, the overall shit houseness of Everton, for lack of a better way, Chris, I'll come to you on this one. I I don't. I wasn't too shocked when I saw them parking a the bus. I thought yeah, they're going to try and be compact and tight, and that makes sense. You can tell by the team they've picked, they're going to be quite try and be quite defensive. I was quite shocked by the obvious time wasting in the first half. You know, the, the goalkeeper in particular, Richarlison heads a ball away and then falls over five seconds later and going down for everything. That's what shocked me in that. I always just think Liverpool are probably going to score a goal at some point. So you're going to need that time. All that time wasting this. All you're doing is like less chance for you. Unless you're thinking you're going to hold this Liverpool team out for 90 minutes and not not, not, and not concede, which is, you know, no one, one team have done it all season. There's a reason like they don't do that. I found that, that was the bit I found hard to swallow. And I also, what it did, 
it just agitates Lamfield a little bit. And I think that that's never a good thing for the opposition either. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the second point's the, the issue point there, Steve, to be honest with you. I think Everton should know what gets us up as fans. You know, it's the same thing that gets them up as fans, ultimately. You know, people taking the mick out of you, yeah, people trying to time waste and all that. It's just going to get Anfield on your case. Games can peter out in the stands. You know, when Liverpool aren't getting shots off often enough, when Liverpool have got all the possession, but we just can't break them down. But that gives us an extra impetus to get angry, get loud and get on their case and stuff. So it works against teams all the time. I, you know, for a team that, you know, are so close to us, I've had their eyes on us for years, obsess about us all of the time, talk about us all the time, frame their entire lives around us, that we are their yard sick. They don't know us very well, which is baffling, to be honest with you. Because, like, the the, the scouts lads in there, the Anthony Gordons, need to be saying, this is stupid. You're just going to make them riled up. You want to quiet down, feel You want to quiet down. But that, that itself is a tactic for them, isn't it, of, <laughs> of stifling Liverpool as much as they can and, and you know, I don't know what the other option is. Like, I get them sitting back and playing deep, and I think the, I think some of the shitology did go too far. But to them, every minute that goes by, they're still in the game. And when it gets to the half an hour, maybe the delay inevitable, which is what it feels like to us. That's what but, Steve's but, point but, is, yeah. isn't it? But for them, it's just like, well, we haven't conceded a goal yet. We're still in this game. We might get something on the break. But I, but it, the Richarlison stuff like is, is mad because he feels like... I, call, I think he called him a massive waste of potential on, on the show yesterday. I'm not even sure that that's true enough, but he's, he's got a lot of hype around him. And obviously, he plays a lot for Brazil. But like, there's a matter of times that he could stay and hold the ball and then bring t- his, the rest of his teammates into play. And he doesn't because he's on the fucking floor. I was talking to, again to Baz yesterday. He hates him because he just doesn't do he doesn't do anything for that team. And when, when they're desperate for points on the board, like you said, or you know a, a chance to score against Liverpool when they're on the, on the break or on the counter... There's opportunities that are just wasted because he's lying on the floor. I remember when I remember when Everton were, were skint, right? And they had Lukaku up front. Now they're the Mersey Millionaires and they're bringing fucking Rondon on. Yeah. Like, how on earth have they mismanaged that club so much that that's the case that they're in now? Yeah, yeah. it's really funny. Um, we spent 40 million on Delhi Alley as well and brought him on yeah. and stuff. Again, like, you know, the, the Lukaku thing at the time. You know, when they, they had him on loan, didn't they? And then they signed him for, I think it was like 28 million or something. I always thought that was baffling because spending 28 million to stay the same is a really mad thing. But he was their best player and he was a loan player. Yeah. But yeah, so they had to do that. But then they couldn't invest anymore in the side because they had to just pay 28 million to stay as good as they were ever going to be. And then since then, obviously, Rafa Special, the Rondon one, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> you know, the, the two left backs and all that type of stuff. He's done them. Uh, he's absolutely. Townsend and Gray, two of the but, best signings they've had in. Yeah, that's true, but then you've got Lampard in there who's a fish out of water, doesn't know how to manage a club like Everton football. Doesn't look great, does it, when he's on the sidelines? No. You can keep things. the wrong man too long, and that's the thing. Like I, I'm all for giving a manager time and stuff, but not if he's the wrong man. That's stupid. Yeah, we'll soon find out what Frank is. Um, he's got a worse points per game record than Rafa Benitez. He had a worse points per game record than Rafa Benitez going into the game in Anfield. Yeah, he's not a very good manager. I think they're not really very good players as well. Let's, let's Who would you rather get relegated, Burnley or Everton? I mean, Everton by a mile. Yeah, I was watching, and this is a little question. We were, we're doing podcast extra, by the way. So all our Redmen Plus subscribers, um, we'll be talking uh, on Redmen Plus later on on Redmen, on Redmen podcast extra about this. One of the questions is, oh, Jackson want Everton to get relegated? Um, so yeah, if you, you sound to Redmen Plus, you'll be able to hear that and a lot more. But my answer as a spoiler is yes, I want Everton to get relegated. Um, let's finish talking about them then, and let's talk about us, Ross. We've all, we've been saying for a long old time there's a divoc moment in this season. We always knew it was coming. There was always going to be another one at some point. 
it, it, we could we probably should have all guessed. <laughs> it, it, it was going to be against them at that point. I've seen a lot of people say, you know, the only reason he brings him on is because it's Everton and he's got a history. I tend to disagree. I tend to think he's on the bench because Bobby's in the playing. And if it, Bobby was fit, that would have been, it would have been Bobby and Diaz coming on. He's just looked at his options and wants another forward. Oh, it just so happens, well, let's get Divock on as well. And I thought he made a huge impact. He was, he, I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah superb. As soon as he, I saw his name on a team sheet, he had a little glint in me. I think he's going to do something. And he's literally that WWF gif of Vince McMahon, just like waltzing in, just causing chaos. Um, Again, Jürgen's using his squad. He's, he's got two, you know, two games a week for the remaining of the season, hopefully. Um, Divock, I, I never have an issue with. I had an issue with him last season. Maybe I, don't, I was being a bit unfair, but, you know, the midfield was decimated, the defence was decimated, and we were looking for answers, and I don't think he performed a lot. This season he comes in, his name's on the team sheet, I don't think anyone, whether he starts or on the bench, has an issue with Divock Origi, and for what, your sixth, seventh choice forward option? Yeah, you can do, he, do, he, do he's fucking absolutely like, fucking mental. Well, And fully enough, I'm gutted that he's going, because I think we'll miss him. Yeah, I say sort of early, didn't I? You know, he's just different to the other players, but the thing that really impressed me about Divock at the weekend is Salah played better for having Divock alongside him. And it's not often you, I can say that. Yeah. Normally, Divock comes in and he's the tip of the spear and does Divock things. But I actually think Salah had a much better game when Divock came onto the pitch because yeah, they were linking up really, really well. And that's actually a really encouraging sign for Divock because he's probably got the best out of Salah that I've seen over the last four or five games, actually. Mm-hmm. I don't think Jota played particularly well. No. I, I don't think he was. And, Same for Sadio, and, actually. And, and yeah, Sadio. Sadio. It's a tougher. It's a tougher one when he was in that nine at times, wasn't it? You know, he had them just siding him down at every opportunity. But Divock dealt with that really, really well. Um, I was really impressed with that and the fact that he scores again. <sighs> Amazing. It's, he is something different. That's what I would say about him. Like I, I, I'd always have him on the bench. I've been surprised. Like sometimes Jurgen's left him out completely and put him on like Taki Minamino. And I get it, Taki's you know, scored nine goals in the season. He's, he's done well, but I've always thought he's he's a little bit similar anyway. Taki and saying we've got other options. You can do those things. There isn't really anyone in the squad. I think there is no one in the squad. I and I don't put words in my mouth. But don't you agree? Is that? With the natural instinct of being in the right place at the right time. Jota's as close to this, I think. But I think Divox that Jürgen's already called him the best finisher at the club. He, he said that himself. Um, we've, we've heard other players say that as well. I don't know. I still think if he wanted to, I'd be doing everything I can to keep him. If, if he's happy and you know, we know he's invested in the universities in the city <laughs> and he's, he's really quite happy. I, if, I, if, I, if it was me, I would be trying to offer him a new contract and say, you know, I'd rather him, if, if it was me, I'd rather have Divock in the squad next season than Taki, for example, if it was one or the other. But it does look like he's on his way, and that'll be that will be a shame. But he's going to leave as a as an absolute yeah. hero. The problem is you've got to try and balance of is there going to be a youth player that will come in and take his place or t- or take his spot and his and his numbers? But are you going to get the same return of a Divock Origi that he's put out this season? I don't think he was great last season, but I've explained why. The other the other thing with him is he feels like he's happy to be sixth choice. Yeah. He come in and play. I don't think he's been on the team sheet at all for the past two or three weeks, and all of a sudden, okay, you're on the bench. Sound more right with that? Try and get someone, to convince someone to come in and buy someone. What's it going to cost you? And the quality of the player to come and do that, I don't think you're going to get the same as a Divock Origi. Yeah, it's about football, isn't it? Ultimately, for Divock, it, it, yeah, it's up to him. Yeah. If, if he wanted to stay, I've had but I wouldn't be forced yeah. to do it to get him off the wage bill. Not, 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 not a chance. Not a chance. But if he wants to go and play football, fair play, he's a lad. Yep. You know what I mean? That's, oh, that's yeah. boss. Like he's he, he's put trophies on the sideboards. He's got loads of amazing memories. He's got massive goals. He'll leave an absolute hero, and he'll go on and show that he's actually a really, really good striker. Somewhere yes. else, he'll get twenty to twenty-five goals in in Serie A if he goes straight. Are you land. surprised that it's 
there's not a queue of English clubs lined up for this well, fella. We, we had this chat on, on the final word, and I, I had okay. a bet. I've got a bet with Samuel to get 20 plus goals in, in Serie A next season because I think he will. I think he's similar to Danny Ings when he plays one in six or whatever. He can't build up rhythm, but I think if he plays consistently for a club uh, to, that plays to his strengths, I think he'll score you know, loads of goals. You know who we'd be boss for? Evan. But, but then we went to go for the league table. Just put means, I'd, I'd have him at Newcastle. That's where I'd be looking. Yeah. A, a side that wants to challenge to get into European football and it's not like Wood. <laughs> would, would, he, would he improve Manchester United? Yeah. Would he improve Arsenal? Probably. It's I'm not sure, you know. I, I really like their front three as, as a young group growing together. Yeah. I think he's probably better and going to score more goals than them right now. Yeah. But as a as a three, I, mean, I really project, like that. Yeah, I, I don't think the Arsenal project needs the Bakarigi right now, but he probably will get yeah, the team. I, I, I agree with yeah, that. Pro- probably not. Probably not Spurs. Got Son and Kane. I think they're getting well stacked. But the rest of the league under, underneath them, like I think he plays. I looked over there. He went, made Southampton. For <coughs> I was like, you should sign him. He's like, what's he on? I was like, seventy grand a week or something. I was like, oh my god. He would be an absolute ball. Yeah. Let, let, we'll leave the Divock chat there for now. I want to move on to the best moments of the season so far. We've got a t-shirt out of it already. Mr. Chris Pajak knew exactly what he was doing on this one. Alison Becker, if you ask me to list Liverpool's players who are going to shit out something or make do something funny in a game, Alison would be last. Like I, I, I would never have expected it from him. And also, again, I'm taking the piss out of another goalie because I've always felt Alisson's big on the whole goalkeeper union. Like, if a goalie makes a mistake against us, he's never really celebrates the goal. He's quite like respectful in that way. Even he had enough of Jordan Pickford and just had to, Chris, just absolutely take the absolute piss he out did. of him. It was and, brilliant. And, and it, was the re- it was the lack of respect that Pickford was showing to the goalkeeper union, I think, that pissed him off about it. He's like, are you having a laugh? Like, I mean, there's times when you can go down legitimately. You know, Alisson's one is not and Jordan Pickford's one is not times when you can legitimately go down you are absolutely taking the piss and most of the time you're time wasting to knock it out for a throw in for us by the way um, on the goal kicks and stuff the amount of times you must have been three or four times where he just kicked it straight out for a goal who's kick who's you winking at it's stupid right? it's, it, he thinks he's being great and that's the problem he's not He's not great at all. He's not great at anything in his life. It's that, certainly not goalkeeping that Jordan Pickford's <laughs> great at. Like, yeah, I'd like um, a good line. Even that's the only time I ever want to see Alison imitating Jordan Pickford at anything. There you go. That's exactly <laughs> right, isn't it? But it was the timing of it. You know, that was the that was the beautiful thing. It took him a second to think. Then he, he had a little think. Am I going to do this? Am I going? To, yeah, you know, I'm going to do. I think this. the but fact he also, that he waited makes it better. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he's he fully did, stood up. He did it gracefully as well. He, he didn't do the wink and the smile and stuff afterwards. He just went head down and, and I'll do it. The Pickford stuff's just it's just strange. I, Again, I said yesterday that if we were fighting to stay in the league and we were playing a Merseyside derby and we were a crap and my goalkeeper's winking and smiling at someone on the bench or whatever and messing around, I'd be embarrassed if that was my goalkeeper. And he's crap and so should Everton be as well. And, and I, I think there was an example where he did it against Newcastle and I think they were, Everton were 2-0 up at the point and they were away at St. James's Park and he's giving it the big into the Newcastle fans and he lost 3-2. You think you're? How are you, England's number one goalkeeper? You're an idiot. He, he, to me, Chris, he carries himself with the confidence of a man who's good at football and he's not good at football. And yeah. I don't know if he's trying to kid himself or his fans or the team because goalies sometimes are larger than life. You get, you get the eccentric goalies and you get the calm, cool collector. There's, there's very few in the middle, and it feels like he's decided. Because he even struts. He's got the he's got the shoulder thing. I remember even when Divock scored against him when he walks out and he gives it the little struts and stuff. He 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 carries himself like a big man. And he literally isn't one of those. There's a song about him not being that. I find it really, really odd. 
and yet quite funny at the same time because I always I, it's he, the last laugh's always on him. It's ne- he never gets the last laugh because he always loses. And yeah. in the end, that's, and that's, that's their football club as a whole, isn't it? Everything <laughs> they do turns to absolute shit and bite them on the arse. You know, the the the, the Pickford Allison thing is exactly that. You know, he's time wasted and Allison just takes the make one one dig, you're out, game over, you're gone. That's that's that done and dusted. But Pickford's mad because he's crap. He's really, really, really poor at the goalkeeping side of things and yet he seems to think he's amazing and I know I know goalkeepers need to have a different type of psyche sometimes to be able to do that and forget the mistakes and stuff like that but being stupid, no, that doesn't work. It's like if he was chocolate he'd eat himself but he wouldn't taste good. That's how I kind of think about him, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's one of these fellas who absolutely milks it but he isn't very good. Wrapping the derby up then, it was weird, wasn't it, Chris? Because I think a lot going into it, I thought when I saw both teams and then obviously get they get an injury in the warm, I was thinking we're gonna absolutely wipe the floor with these. And it didn't pan out that way. Do you think Everton have given a game plan to other teams who are best who are better footballers? Is how you might get some joy out of Liverpool if you can be this negative but have better players on the break because that could be the only downside potentially to what they did there. Because other than that, you kind of embarrass themselves. No, not at all. I don't think that's that. I think everyone's going to back themselves, come up with their own game plan. There's been no one way that Liverpool have played this season where it's really, really troubled them. You just have to look at the results over the last few weeks. You know, it, it, it's we, we can beat anybody. That's the brilliant thing about us is that we can go long. We can go short, we can play for set pieces, we can take our time, you know, we can play every style of football and that's that's so hard to beat. That's what makes us a really difficult puzzle to solve. You know, Manchester City, I do feel like in possession, probably when they've got the ball, are going to pick teams apart who sit back slightly better, but we're just going to score corners against you. I mean, literally like two corners last week, Canate gets on the end of. And we go and we go up. That, that's something that Liverpool have got that the other teams at the top of the table just don't. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I don't, I don't feel anyway. So I, I listen. Fair play to anyone who decides to sit back in Anfield and wait to get beat because that's what Everton showed that happens. Yeah, yeah. Also, don't take your game plan from a team that's 18th in the table. Yeah, 
both very, very valid <laughs> points in different ways. Right then, guys, we're going to be talking after the short break about transfers, who could be leaving Liverpool this summer. We'll have a little look at the week ahead as well with Villarreal and Newcastle on the horizon. So yeah, before we go, we want to give you this little break now. Uh, we're doing a live show. We're doing a live show. Here's the details about that, and we'll be back in a minute. To the Red Men TV Live. Yeah, so there you have it, May 21st at Hotel Anfield. For those watching on the YouTube there, you've seen Chris Pajak bouncing around various venues across Europe. There's a couple, that, well, I think there was a bit of German in there, a bit of, uh, bit of Ireland. Bit of Berlin. You ready to jump around Hotel Anfield? Always, I'm already thinking of what my uh, Warhol music is going to be. Yeah. I love these live events, you know. Mainly because you get booze, loads yeah. of booze. Um, and and fellow, not, not fellow like kids there. Reds. So, yeah. It's great. <laughs> yeah, so if, if, Ross has done his, if Ross has done his job right, you'll be able to find all these links on the social accounts across. I'm sure you have, haven't you? So yeah, head over to com forward slash e forward slash loads of rubbish. It writes itself. The link's in the description anyway. The link's in the description of the show. It's all over the socials. Honestly, I promise you, we are running out of tickets. They are selling fast. It's only a smallish. I don't know what the numbers should have been. One, two, one, two, three. One, two, three, four, five now. That could have been the Skittle link. We missed the trick there, didn't we? Skittle give us that link themselves. But yeah, or go to Skittle and Google or search in there for the Red Men TV and the Ragamuffins. So yeah, it's us, the Ragamuffins, lots of songs, lots of bevies, lots of games, lots of prizes, some really, really great raffle prizes. It is May 21st at Hotel Anfield, literally a stone's throw away from the stadium. It is the night before Liverpool's final. I don't think you can throw a stone from Hotel Anfield to Anfield. Yeah. No, it's, it's well further than you think. Okay. I don't think you could throw a stone from Hotel Anfield to our mural. I agree. I am not a good thrower. Okay, I could I could kick a ball maybe. Let's use a tennis ball when we go and eventually try this okay. rather than a stone because you know houses. Okay. I definitely but with a couple of good bounces. You get... No bounce. Oh no, can't no bounce. Oh, can you volley it? Yeah. I've seen you volley, so I, I, I think you've got a better chance of throwing it, mate, to be honest with you. Either way, you've got the dog stick thing that throws the ball. Yeah. I'll just yeah. do that. Either way, it's very, very close to Anfield. May 21st, Hotel Anfield, the night before Liverpool play Wolves in the final Premier League game of the season. Notice I didn't say final league game of the season, because hopefully there's one more after that as well. Come and join us, we're going to have a ball. Like I say, link is in the description if you want to get tickets. They are selling really, really fast. They're going to probably be sold out in the next couple of days, so don't wait if you want to get one. Today. I've got a warning today from Skiddle that says... It's close. 10% of your tickets left. It's close. If you want to come, come along now. Um, right then, guys, let's move on to... We're indulging the public. We give you guys what you want. You've asked... Every week we've been to ask that every week, transfers, transfers, transfers. So we're going to give you some transfer talk. Do you like transfer talk? I don't mind talking about the Liverpool players out. So I think that's really important that you've got to go through that. I don't really like transfer ins because I, I hate... What I hate about all of this type of stuff is people saying things like absolutes about stuff they don't have a clue about. Yeah, that's is, is the actual inner workings of football clubs, and that's what kind of does me nothing. But when you're talking about Liverpool squad and stuff like that, then I, th I find that really interesting, actually. So Paul wrote the agenda, obviously, before he before he went down ill. He, his, his question was, who is in the transfer danger zone this summer? So in theory, mm -hmm. let's park Mo Salah to one side and Sadio Mane because that's a separate issue. That's a contract issue. We're talking about players and perhaps who could be on, not getting enough game time or Jürgen decides he, he doesn't want around the club anymore or need loans or whatever. So we, 
Why is Salah sorry, not in that conversation? Yeah, I think I think it's important to find out where we all sit on. If Salah doesn't sign a contract, do you think Liverpool sell him? Okay. Answer your own question then. There you go. No. I, I think I think they stay until the end of the contract regardless. I think both of them. And I, I think the same for Rezo Firmino. I think they're more value in Liverpool keeping all of them than, than letting them all go. If, is if, it if, that simple for you, Ross? Yeah. My, my, only, my only concern with that would be is what transfer fee are you losing out? Because in what we paid for and what we got out of him, I think you've you, the Liverpool have spent well, but then you're going to need to replace him. And I know there's going to be maybe signs of Luis Diaz softening the blow somewhat to that, but I think you need to go invest money. And Liverpool should have funds anyway, regardless to go and buy someone that's going to take his yeah. place. That's it'll be fine. Concern. They'll sign contracts. It's, it'll be absolutely fine. It'll I, absolutely I still fun. think they'll sign contracts, to be honest. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Paul's got a list here of Ox, Jones... I think Jones and Elliot are more for loan, maybe loans to get moves. Naby Keita, uh, Taki Minamino, Divock Origi, James Milner, and obviously uh, Neko Williams is out on loan at Fulham, and it looks like he's he's pretty much asking to go anyway, so he's probably going to be the one if we can. It's just where that he signed his contract in 2020. Nico Jones, a five year deal, didn't he? Nico Williams. Nico Williams, sorry. What did I say? Nico Jones. Jones. Did I? <laughs> didn't even realise. Um, so I think he signed his contract 2020, he's up to 2025. He's probably likely to win the championship this weekend with Fulham. Yeah. If they they've already they're already promoted, they need one more win to win the championship. I wouldn't be against him staying at Fulham and going into the Premier League with a side that he knows on loan. On loan again, to be honest with you. I think that solves an issue for them that they don't need to spend money to stay the same and they can go and we know Fulham have got money anyway that they can spend and they're willing to spend because they did that last time they came up, didn't they? They spent quite a lot of money. So for me, I'm like, okay, we'll get back in the Premier League and showcase what you can do in the Premier League. I don't see there's an, a, a pressing or burning need to same. sell Nico Williams for 15 million. Yeah. It, it just doesn't seem... The same could be said about Nat Phillips as well, because he's only just tied down to a new contract. Maybe have it, let him have a little year at Bournemouth, Ross. And it's, again, if they could look like they're probably going to get promoted as well. It could, you, could, you could say the same for that, couldn't you? You don't have to sell you now, have a loan, and then go. The flip side is, if Liverpool are doing right by the players... And if they ask to leave, that's when it becomes perhaps a different conversation. Possibly, but then if Nico goes away to, for another loan and then he has a really good season, then his value just goes up. Yeah. Then he's selling for more money. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm just thinking of what Liverpool do in terms of. It depends. It's, it's like chess, though, isn't it? Or, or what, you know, a, a loan in the sense you, you, you get rid of wages and get rid of a, a squad position. But then what, what do you need to invest? You know, I, I'd like a backup for Trent, to be honest, for next season. We've seen, you know, Andy Robertson this season having Simicass. Coming in out and help him out a little bit. Trent's, I think James Milner's not always going to be the answer, or Joe Gomez is not always going to be the answer for Trent. I think you could have someone else in there coming. It's piecing it together, isn't it? Because yeah. I think I think, you know, we're probably all a little bit low on Joe Gomez this season at right back. I think he's done right. Yeah, exactly. I think he's done I think he's done all right. Sorry, I meant before he actually started playing yeah, right back, yeah, we were yeah, already yeah. now that time's done. He's a centre half type of thing. Yeah. But he's done all right when he's done there. You know, does that buy Connor Bradley a little bit more time to get up to speed? Will we see more of him next season? Um, do we have Joe Gomez? What's going to happen with James Milner? Is he going to be an option at right back next season? There's a question mark there. That seems if, to quiet. If James it? Milner isn't around next season, then Joe Gomez slash Connor Bradley look like your backup right backs is probably. I think people will be worried about that. To be honest with you, whether I am or not, I'll leave that out of it for now. But. You know, I think there is a space for Nico Williams, but Nico's very, very vocal in I want football. 
and I want to play Premier League football. Or there's good, a World Cup. He might be in a we don't know yet. Wales haven't qualified, but there's a World Cup in December. So sitting on the pillow's bench does him no favours if he wants to be Wales as right back in that World Cup if, if he manages to get there. It's I, Scotland or Ukraine. They yeah, play, yeah. So they, yeah, there's a there's a Scotland Ukraine qualified. They play the winner to to qualify for the World Cup. So they've got every chance. And they, are they just. Are they, am I right in saying they're just sitting on that until whatever happens with Russia? Yeah, I, I still don't think I, don't, I still don't think there's any official announcement on when that, when and where that'll be played. Yeah, so who knows? But in his regard, he's thinking, well, like, if I want to be in the World Cup, I'm gonna have to play. I agree. He, he won't be in the squad next year, whether he's sold or loaned. And I think we can say the same for Nat Phillips. Speaking of Fulham, obviously Fabio Carvalho looks like it's done, Ross. Yeah. So there's a midfield slash attacking midfield option. Therefore, Al Croxley Chamberlain again hasn't been on the bench for a couple of weeks now. It looks like. When he's had a chance, he's flattered to deceive. He's, he, I actually think when he had a run of games over January, he, he, he played a huge part in Liverpool having a good January. But since then, since the big guns have come back, it's been Oxus fell by the wayside. We've said this. It's for, not even the big guns. Some of the kids have come in and, and, and played before. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. It, we've, I feel like we've said for three summers now, this could be at the end of our Alex Oxley Chamberlain. But this probably could be the end of Alex Oxley Chamberlain. I think you always write off last season because I don't think it was entirely his fault. I think it was, was it him, Milner, and. Uh, in fact, no, he never played the back end of last season, did he? Because he was injured, but Klopp kept him. He was fit a lot. He was fit, of the yeah, time, fit, yeah. Him and Cater were fit, but he just like, he kept kept him back, and that's what I thought might we might get the best out of him this season. As he had that period in January, you're right. But since then, I think he came on. and He played like um, an hour of a game, and when he's coming on, he's frustrated, and he literally went fucking hell when he played an hour, and he looked frustrated when he's when he's coming off the pitch. And again, there's there's kids that are coming on before him or making the bench. He's not he's not making match day squads very often. Whether he's I don't know an illness or a little niggle or he's just not getting picked. There's been no signs for me to say that it, Liverpool are going to keep hold of him this, this summer. No, I think it's I think he'll be on high wages as well. You know, relatively high wages, and and, and that's the point. It's just you know you're not getting as much out of him as you used to get out of him. And for high wages, I think I'd rather give a youngster a chance in the squad that's going to improve because I I feel like. Ox has peaked. Um, and I, I, I'm, I, with the greatest of respect, you know what I mean. Yeah, I yeah. think he's a really, really good footballer. But I'm not saying he's crap. I'm not saying he's he's even just average. I think he's a really good footballer. But you've got to have a point where you're building a squad where you make a decision based on youngsters coming through, and he's blocking a space for a youngster coming through who can eventually outdo yeah, him. Harvey, Harvey, it was starting before him before he got injured, yeah. and he not got injured. Oh, yeah, had, it was standing yeah. for the captain at the start of the season. Yeah. 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 Well, it really was. Natty makes a good point here in the YouTube chat. You know, remember next season, the five subs thing, like, there's more t- chance to get these lads games. So if someone does anger on, say, a Divock, for example, there might be more opportunities to get him games if you can use good five point. subs in the Premier League. So yeah, that point, is yeah. definitely work. Uh, got a shout from Stephen Rowe, he says, uh, in the chat as well, Scotland and Ukraine look set to play on June the 1st as well. So. Oh, really? Yeah, they've announced the fixtures. For those. June, oh, there yeah. you go, June the 1st, yeah. So they, that, that one's uh, going through there. Um, speaking of this one, I think is the most interesting one. Because Liverpool, from a contractual point of view, Chris, don't really like giving contracts, I don't think, to often injure players. But Naby Keita has been very... You you do the stat and every week on, on, on Redmen Plus, and Naby's stats are always amazing when he's on the field. Getting him on the field has been the issue. Now, Touchwood, recently, he has been available, and he's been, for the most part, pretty good. Um, he's going to be. He's in a similar boat. He's coming up to an end of contract, and Liverpool have got to make a decision on him. What do you think they should do, and what do you think he will do? I I think one of Cater and Ox goes, and I think it's Ox. Yeah, and you give Cater Naby a new contract. And you, and you keep the other one. Right now, I say Cater is you, you, between your third and your fourth choice midfielder. I think he's close to breaking into the, the, the proper midfield three. Yep. Um, I think you've seen that probably by the last three or four team sheets. It's either been him or it's been one of the others. You know, him dropping in and one of Hendo or Thiago dropping out. 
you know, it feels right now that Jones is a little bit behind them, Oxley Chamberlain's behind them, Harvey Elliott's behind them at the moment, I think. You know, Harvey Elliott plays under 23 football Monday night, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, so he's almost guaranteed to not be involved in the match day squad against Villarreal. Um, so he's he must be sitting out that. So he's obviously getting minutes in at the under 23s and stuff. And I think that's important for him, by the way. I don't think it's a. Uh, a knock on how he is but it was a big injury I think you come back in you get that sort of adrenaline and go back work on yourself improve yourself get back to the level you were at like re- almost rewards them for the hard work by giving them a couple of games and stuff and- but I think he knew he probably wasn't going to be involved loads between then and the end of the season so yeah back on Cater I think I think I think it's important to keep him around that chair. I think he's a real game breaker at times no, yeah. I, I tend to agree. With Harvey Elliott as well, you don't necessarily need him when you've got the form of Cater Tiago when everyone's kind of kind of fit and firing. I think it's the first time properly, and I mentioned before, him and Chamberlain being injured at the back end of last season, the clock not picking them. I think it's the first time we've been able to manage him properly. He had all that stuff that people forget when he was injured in and out of Liverpool squad, then he went away to international duty. But I think it was twice that they played him when they shouldn't have done. And he comes back and he's just knackered. And then we need him. And then we have all the injuries that we had that we had last season. Now it's getting to the point where, like as Chris says, I tell you what, Katie, you can play this, you can play once this week, but you're not going to play Wednesday and then Saturday because I want I want Henson for that game, I want Thiago for that game, or I want both of them. Curtis Jones is going to play a little bit. I don't need you. So Liverpool, you know, similar to other players in that in that position, you can get the most out of Thiago, Henson, and Cater by interchanging them all and keeping them all fit. And, and listen, Javier is eighteen. He's got he's got you know he could, he could not kick a ball for Liverpool for three years and still have a world class Liverpool career. He's, he'll be absolutely fine. We spoke roughly about James Milner. It looks like it's heading towards him leaving as well, uh, Chris. Um, again, it looks like Jürgen spoke. He had a little conversation a few weeks ago. Anyway, he mentioned about maybe getting him to sign, but it feels like it's gone quiet now. It does. It seems like we're going to the end of a James Milner. His, his, his time at the pool I mean, he'll, he'll go down again as someone who's won plenty of medals and been a very influential man in terms of his minutes on this pitch he hasn't had much this season he's been very much come on after five, with five to go and try and close the game down more often than not so as a player we're probably not going to lose a lot but as a fella that someone's going to have to step up and, and take that vice captaincy role for example yeah. and things like that that is something that people have to consider as well absolutely I think you know the thing that made me sort of think about this actually pre the pre this discussion is watching that Everton game at the weekend and you know that first half I thought that Everton players surrounded the referee so many times and I was looking for who's going to do it for Liverpool you know and I saw Thiago talk to the referee a little bit but I was very much had my eyes fixated on Virgil van Dijk with the captain's armband thinking why is he not there we ma- we proper missed Jordan Anderson just talking. James Gunn was in, every, in his face. Yeah, Robbo did a bit. Robbo did a little yeah. bit as well. But I was I'm looking to be captain for that. And I know if James Milner was on the field, he'd have been doing that as well. And Anderson comes on, the game changes slightly, and he is talking to the referee and stuff. But I think you need those type of fellas who, and I think to be honest, it's quite often the English lads that do it. Me and Paul talk about this quite often. Is that they're able to build a, a rapport with a referee through 10, 15 years of playing in the league. You know, think of Jordan Anderson and James Milner. They're able to able to speak to them. You know, lads who come in, maybe Thiago comes in last season. He hasn't got a rapport with any of these referees, but he's having a go. He's got no sway. You think of who's the best at doing it. Probably Harry Kane's potentially one of the best at doing it in the league. English lad brought up being around these referees all of his life. You know, I think we need people in our squad who are able to do that. You know, Robbo probably hasn't got the reputation 
to be able to actually have a little bit of sway on a referee because he's a gnarly bastard and he probably ate him, but at least he tries it. So for me, I think you've got to, there's an important part of Liverpool's squad that would that would be missing without James Milner in there. And it's all the other stuff, the leadership and, and you know, behind the scenes of how you, how, how, how you behave now. You should be professional at Liverpool Football Club. And I think there's so many people that get obsessed with the way that either he plays or, or his age. And weirdly enough, with the wages that he's on, Maybe they are pretty high wages, but it's not. It's not up to us as fans to decide what James Milner should and shouldn't earn. If you can clap the rest of his team, value him, and think he's worth something and worth you know his, his wages, there's a fucking reason why. Yeah, hundred percent. Is there anyone we haven't mentioned here? Then I've got one. I'll throw out there. He's what I think. Like I think Joe Gomez. If I was Joe Gomez's agent, I could be having. You, you could be playing first team Premier. You could be playing thirty Premier League games a season, mate. I know you're. Your fourth choice centre half, and you're doing dog work at right back just when the other fellow needs a break. From again, Joe Gomez might be happy, completely happy with it. But if I was eight, I I would maybe be thinking about him because we referenced before about Dave Ock could play for 15 Premier League teams. Joe Gomez could play, probably play for most of them as well. Again, everyone except us in Manchester City probably gets a game four. I think that's probably fair the, to say. The thing I don't know about Joe Gomez is where he's up to. Obviously, him and Van Dyke had lengthy spells on the sidelines and they both came back for that pre-season game at the start of the season. It felt like they were both on the same path. I think they've just gone down two different very roads of, of recovery. And like, we never know what happened or what, you know how he is, but it just feels like he's had a massive, huge effect, whether it's his, his confidence, his, you know, his actual leg to recover. But he's not been needed. When you've got Canate and Joel Matip, I don't think it's been a need to rush him back. And I think that's, for me, that's where, that's reflected his game time. Yeah. Why why rush him back? But and, then if you're his agent... Thinking and thinking again, England and whatever he wants to do in his career, being Liverpool's fourth choice centre half and back up right back <coughs> when you're as talented as him. Like, yeah, say, yeah. from a Liverpool point of view, you, you you keep Joe Gomez. What a you know what a fourth choice option you've got, but and what a a really solid back up right back. But from his point of view and referencing his career, Chris, you could see why again he play for everyone pretty much in this in the Premier League. He'd get a game for everyone. So if you're his age, you might be saying. I hope, you know, do you fancy a move to Tottenham or do you fancy a move to Chelsea or do you fancy a move to Man United? Whoever it is, it doesn't matter really. You could see someone maybe getting in his ear if he if if he wanted to. Yeah, it's about it's about what he wants. I think is that you know I, I do have some concerns over Joe Gomez, and I know I've said this a lot, a lot over the last few months. I don't think his top speed there. I think he's he's still just as fast as he ever was over the first ten yards, but I don't think there's the afterburners anymore. Yeah, and I think. I've seen Forrest show that a little bit of time. I've seen it three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times, honest to God. Like, I really feel like he gets to top speed really quickly. And you know that Gerard phase of the run where he used to sort of almost speed up 15 yards in? Joe Gomez used to have that, I felt, and I don't think he's got that now. So, Do you think that's a question of his injury? Yeah, I think yeah. it is, absolutely. And I'm not sure he's ever going to get it back either, to be honest with you. And actually playing that like that in our system right now, I don't know, you know. I, 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 he's really good. He's really calm on the ball. He understands the system really well. But you do need to be able to get across your man. And I've seen time and time again when people have gone past him now, and that never used to happen with Joe Gomez. And then ask myself the question of what type of team would he play for that play like us? City, high line. Is he going to go in realistically and be a big dominant head the ball away centre-half from uh, teams 10 to 20. No, it's not his game. Maybe, maybe I could say... Like he's not the tallest centre-half, he's not the strongest centre-half. You know, he'd be great for oh, Chelsea in a back three. I think he'd be perfect as a one, yeah. on either side of a back yeah, three. Yeah, I think potentially something like that, but then I'm not sure they go for him. No, they need so, two centre-backs. Yeah, obviously with Rudiger going and stuff. And so I look at like, what are the teams that would actually 
suit Joe Gomez. Chelsea might be the only one I'm looking at. Leicester. Yeah, maybe. It, again, he's for me. He's he's an upgrade on their centre half. Yeah, Aston Villa want him as well. Style, don't style of play. Yeah, I, I think style yeah. of play is really important. Yeah. And Joe Gomez suits our style of play in the same way that like Lovren, for the most part, suited. A DM with two fullbacks either side that aren't going bombing on. I think Joe Gomez needs to play in an expansive team to be, actually look his absolute best. And I'm just not sure he's got the pace to be able to do it anymore. Is there anyone else? Uh, that sounds harsh, by the way. But no, it's, it's, your, it's your opinion. Yeah, man, it's your opinion. I think there'll always be a conversation around Taki, but then you bring it back to, again, squad depth and his output that he's had this year. There'll be loads of people that are moaning to sell him, but then when we sold him and there's not someone to replace him, we're forced to play the same players. You can't lose Deborah Hantaki, can you really? In FA Cup games and Carabao Cup games, you can't use your squad depth. Then Who would you keep? If it was your decision, out of Divock and Taki? 100% Divock. Yeah, same. Yeah, 100%. And that's, that isn't a slight on Taki. It's actually more praise for Divock. Because I just think, I think if your seventh choice or your sixth choice might as well be something a little bit different. Because if, if what's the, you replaced Salah with Taki, if you're chasing a goal or you chase one, you know, you change money for, for Taki, no. But if you put Divock on, at least it changes everything. It's, it's a completely different thing. But... Yeah, I, I've got a feeling, I think it'll be the other way. I think Taki Minamino will stay and I think Divock will leave, but I, I can see why. The, the other one who's got a question mark, probably from the outside looking in, and I don't think there really is a question mark, is Queen Callagher. Like, I think what Jürgen did this season with the Carabao Cup ensures us another year guaranteed of Cueven Kelleher. Yeah. I think if he'd not got that full run of games, not got the final and everything else, I think he probably starts to think, right, what am I doing here? He's the best goalkeeper in the world in front of me. As good as I am, and I am I am very good, I am not displacing him unless there's a big injury to Alison Becker. Early I think Joe we might Hart, have one more. Early Joe Hart should be his career path before Joe Hart went to shit at the end of it, but he was on loan for a couple of times and then he eventually got himself into City. Did that Shea given? It wasn't goalies around there and he was loaning Joe Hart out a couple of times. He was on the bench and then he loaned him out and then he becomes the first choice. Now, the issue he's got, Ross, is that Alison's here for a long time. So it might just be that he... he, yeah, he Stays for a year, stays for two years, then has his loan, then gets a move elsewhere, and then Liverpool get the next cab off the rank, and who knows if it's Pitaluga or whoever it is, become you train him up like in John Achterberg's uh, goalkeeper factory. Put, but put Tafarel in me if get Tafarel in that, yeah. But it, it it does feel like yeah, I think Keller is young enough where you can that isn't even a conversation until next summer at the very very earliest. And like I say, if he keeps playing the League Cup games and maybe the FA Cup as well. He, then, then there's no now, really... now, now the conversation I think from internally is exactly like you've said there, Steve, is it's not a conversation until next year. But I do feel like a team could make it a conversation. If someone came in with a bit of if it is twenty mil, what do you want to do about it? There's a there's a real well fucking hell, that's good value for money type of thing here. Liverpool have to be pricks about it to be honest. Because what well, Adrian's gonna go, Carries will probably go in the summer. Then you're down to probably, hopefully, those two. Those yeah. two will go. On. Yeah, the contrast, both contrasts went out. I think. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. yeah, okay, yeah. sound. Carries, please, yeah. Carries like an unflushable, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he is now. He's fucking silly. He's fucking tanked up, Annie. But then you know, Liverpool have to be selfish. I think is probably probably a better word and say no. We need you. We need you for our season. And again, you know, if it's if it's a late bid or you know a convincing bid, Liverpool they have to go out and find someone else and convince someone else to come be Liverpool's backup goalkeeper. I don't think it's easiest. Is it? No, Pitaluga's probably going to get the chance to step up to fair choice, isn't he? For those who are interested in goalkeeping, by the way, head on over to Redmen Plus. Um, in safe hands with John Achterberg, Paul chatting to John Achterberg at the accent in front of the um, 
the goalkeeper mural and that John also speaks about on the YouTube channel about the goalies that Liverpool have got now and all that kind of stuff. He's a really fascinating fella. If you enjoyed Monday Night Football and the goalkeeper analysis last night from Harrison and the stats that were on there, go and check out the stats show on Redmen Plus that I did with him where we discussed it in so much more yeah, depth. Yeah, I saw Jamie give him a reference, didn't he? So yeah, if you head on over to Redmen Plus, there's a stat show with Chris and John Harrison, like I said, goalkeeper experts. Um, that is on streaming on Redmen Plus now as well. Podcast and video, it's amazing. Basically, he just shows why Alison's the absolute I think it business. was like an hour and 45 minutes we went for. It was just so interesting. I was just like, you know, one of them ones where it's like, you've got to keep this going. This is just brilliant. I'm absolutely loving this conversation. I ain't stopping. Like, it was superb. It really was. It really was, yeah. So they're both streaming on Redmen Plus. Do go and get involved, redmenplus.com. Right then, we're going to move on. Just a, a quick look ahead before we shoot off, guys. This week, uh, we've got Villarreal Wednesday, Newcastle away at the weekend. Divox was saying quite timely. Uh, if nothing else, that there's another option Liverpool have got. It's a home game, Chris. Now, Villarreal, if they park a bus, they'll probably do it better than Everton. They've taken two big scalps already so far this it's season. Bayern and Juve, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Big, big, big clubs. Um, I mean, Bayern Munich's a fantastic result. We, we all just presumed maybe it was arrogance. And I was presuming we were going to Munich. Didn't consider it, so fair play to Villarreal. In terms of Newcastle, when, do you think he's even thinking about it or is, is all focused right now, just 100% Villarreal and then we'll just see who's left, see who's got legs? Because there's a, there's a, there's a conversation I had of splitting your squad and keeping someone fit, maybe carrying over the weekend, but then it's a Champions League semi-final at home. It feels like it's going to be all eyes on this and then we'll kind of worry about that with what's Yeah, after I, I must admit, this time, well, actually Thursday last week after the Man United game, or Wednesday after the United game, I thought the United team was pretty much nailed on to be the VRL team. Yeah. Um, we went stronger than I expected against Everton, so I'm a little bit unsure now as to where exactly we are with that. Or he just keeps playing them all and goes to yeah. playing every week. Yeah. I think you see two, three changes for the rest rest of the season now. Because I thought the same as you. I thought we were going to have four or five changes, maybe for Everton, but I think if he just keeps people ticking over, keeps them going, I think we one game at a time. And again, assess it. Who, who have you got left? And five subs again. Yeah, yeah, very real. Exactly. I I said this on the last show, and people said I was disrespecting Villarreal, and it wasn't. This was more praising Liverpool. Like Liverpool <laughs> have a chance to, to again end the tie in a leg and maybe save themselves from legs down the down the way. You know, I mean, like we did this to Roma. It was five two. We only had to go there and score one goal, and we were we were in a Champions League final. Basically, did to Inter as well this season. Essentially yeah. similar. Yeah. We, we Benfica was pretty much game over. Well, it was pretty much game. It became a bit of a, a weird game at home, but. Villarreal are decent, and I don't, I'm not disrespecting them, but in theory, Jürgen's plan could be well if I absolutely go 90 minutes with the absolute big dogs. It could save me 90 minutes down the road where I can play Shimakas and Gomez again like I was afforded to at Benfica. So that's another option there. You know what I'm really looking forward to? Not being in the lead of the tie at Anfield. Like normally I'm all in on like fucking second legs at Anfield and all that type of stuff, but it it's affected the atmosphere, I think, for the big European games in the knockout stages where... You kind of think it's already done before you go there. Yeah. Going in at nil-nil against Villarreal, I think it's going to be the best Anfield atmosphere of the season. I'm really looking forward to getting in there at nil-nil so we can actually spare our team on yeah. before they go away from home. Like yeah. that's, I'm really looking forward to that because it's just not something that we've had for a little while, has it? No, absolutely right. There's talk of a coach greeting as well, I think, knocking around on social media and things. I've seen some people in the YouTube comments mention it as well. Yeah, it does feel like... Yeah, because we're at home first. You know, you lose the advantage of bringing them back to Anfield, the advantage that Barcelona fell victim to. But even before that, Roma fell the other way around of, wow, what's it was here? Again, this is no disrespect to Villarreal. I am very much aware. Unai Emery is an amazing yeah, European like, manager. We sleep on these English fans, sleep on these managers so much because he didn't do great. I mean, Pellegrini as well. 
Look at what he's won. Just yeah. a cop of Del Rey at the weekend and stuff. Lads, who, and he did he win the Premier League? Actually, Pellegrini was City. Oh, yeah. no, was that Mancini? No, he did, yeah. No, he, he did, he won it as well, yeah. He does. 13, 14, you referenced it before. So, like, the disrespect these managers get and they're really, really good at what they do. Yeah, however, to your point, I think you blew apart the potential or the possibility of beating this team 5-0. But do you have the potential to do that to anyone? We could have beat Manchester yeah, City 5-0. Yeah, 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 and this, yeah, and again, yeah, that's what yeah, I keep saying. There's no, yeah, yeah. no disrespect to Villarreal. No. It is literally just saying how good we that's, are. That's, that's what he wants to do against Benfica. And to Chris's point, it doesn't always work out like that. And we can't undermine this team. I don't think the, the players will. But the things like the coach greeting, the atmosphere and whatever, it's all small margins that can contribute to Liverpool having their best game possible. And that's why that's, yeah. that's important. There's a couple of things we need to watch out for. I think the first thing is they've had a week's break. Real. Yeah, they win out the cup and stuff. Yeah, because it's just they, they, they stop the league fixtures, don't they? I think for the Copa del Rey final, I think Barcelona had to play. I think that was the only La Liga game that was on at the weekend. Um, obviously, they lost uh, 1-0, didn't they? Was it Balacano or whatever it is? Yeah, Balacano, I think, something like that. Um, so they've had a full week to prepare for this. That gives them a little bit of an advantage going in to this game we've got to be careful of that I think Moreno their striker's out isn't he he's likely to miss the first leg but he should be back for the second leg let's try and take advantage of that but you know and obviously Moreno's been out for for months now was it January or something he told his ACL or something like that so He's been on quite a while. Liverpool have to go in there and just try and get this bed, uh, this game put to bed straight yeah. away. Like, big I think atmosphere, it, big fucking start. Three goals, first half type of fucking. Thing. It's gonna be weird going to Villarreal because me and Paul, we're going. That's the plan anyway for us to go. And I'm already looking at getting there. And it is like a, it's a tiny village on the outskirts, like an hour away out of Valencia. It's some tiny little village. It's it's, it's, it's like. I don't know, it's like Wigan getting to a Champions League final. They deserve so much respect for the Real for what they've done. UEFA. But it's nicer than Wigan, to be fair. I, I'll find out when I get there. I've never been, I'll find out. But, like, you know, in terms of population and size. It's about Wigan then for a second. Yeah, 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 no, not so much. But, like, in terms, you know, like, it's almost like a. a a smaller city on the outskirts of a bigger city. It's, like, it's kind of in the middle of everywhere. To get to Villarreal, you've basically got to go Say north and down. Towards, isn't it? Like, you know got to go I mean? north down or, or south up. But that suits some teams, though, being the underdog. No, and that's, but, 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 and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. We can't underestimate these. Won the Europa League, they've been Champions League semi-finalists on numerous occasions. Look at the teams they've just beaten. That's why I said, going there at nil-nil be a... I mean, if, if that's what they got, they'll be delighted. Liverpool will be in, in a bit of bother. That's what I'm saying about Anfield on Wednesday. I feel, I feel like Jürgen needs to Get, get a couple of goals because it might be nervy. We don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be strange playing a European semi final in what's essentially like a thirty thousand seat stadium. That that just doesn't usually happen. You know, again going to Rome where you were there and it was it was mayhem in there and going we were in the new camp the time before. This is a completely different experience for everybody and we don't know how the players will react. That we just so yeah, let's, that's, let's let's try and remove that doubt out of me it. on this. Diaz starts on, uh, tomorrow night. Does he start for anyone else? Yeah. I think he's going to be important to break these down. Yeah. I think you saw how he, he, he attacked Everton at the weekend, that he's the man to sort of get in behind those sorts of sides. I think he's going to have a massive part to play in this game. I, I think we need to start similar to Man City um, in the FA Cup. You know, we, trying we, to blow them out the water. Benfica yeah. away, where we just they, they couldn't yeah, live exactly. with that. Before, don't give them a chance to get used to you before, let hit them before they used to play exactly. against yeah. you. Yeah. Looking at the Newcastle then, Newcastle in good form. Like, it, it, no, they, they were in relegation bother when Eddie Howe took over. They spent a little bit of money. Now they got themselves fighting for a top half play. So, fair credit to them. We struggled there in the 18 19 uh, chase. Uh, again, going back to our Lord and Savior David Horrigi, he's the one who eventually won that game. That feels like that isn't one you should take an eye off, really, because away oh. Newcastle on an no. early kickoff with a team who were in good form. Like, that's going to that's gonna take some winning as well. Yeah, did they still take photos after losses? Obviously, they've been taking team photos after every win at the moment, haven't they? I know. That's yeah. why it's not sports washing. 
Can you see that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, look how happy it makes them. Yeah, because they're all paid extortionate yeah. amount of money. But yeah, I won't go into that. Um, but the, the, you can't take your eye off Eddie Howe. Seems he's caused his problems with Bournemouth. You know, with, with worse players. I think. You know, I think he's doing a really good job at Newcastle at the moment. You know, it's, he's working for them, yes, but he's still coaching the lads on the field. That's what he's really, really good at. Like, and you know, you've got to respect that. And he's been a really good coach for a long time. Really good opportunity for him as a manager, actually, at Newcastle with the money that they're going to have. Um, but clearly, they're in a massive, great form at the moment. They've won quite a few on the bounce, haven't they, actually? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, they, they beat, obviously, they battered Norwich the weekend before that. They beat Palace, they beat Leicester, they beat Wolves. Before that was when they got absolutely spanked by uh, by Spurs. But yeah, they did a good little run, I say. And that's what the Premier League table is, Ross. They've got themselves into ninth. The flip side I was saying is, if they were in a relegation battle, does that make it harder? You know, that, that's the only flip side. The fact that they've got on this good run and they com- they're completely safe from relegation now, if anything, the Santa fit high, finished yeah. eighth, eighth, ninth, tenth. I always would. Like Man City, have got to go to Leeds and listen, there's a good chance Man City win because they always do. But they're going to a team fighting. Look what Everton just did to us. Absolutely ran the nuts off dog because they're in desperation mode. That's the thing with Newcastle. What, what mode? If Liverpool make it difficult for them, get one, two up, I'd be that arsed, I suppose, is the flip side. Possibly, but I, I thought that and then saw Brighton beat Arsenal. Brighton and Brighton similar, got nothing, yeah. to, got nothing to play for. We well, beat yeah. Tottenham and, and Arsenal with, with, with inside a week. So uh, confidence is a massive thing as well, especially for those players who were down in the dumps, but they're on five points for, for so long, much of the season, bottom of the table. They're starting to see things working so that they might have some confidence about them. The only thing I would say is they lost to Everton and then he played Tottenham and he lost to Chelsea. And then besides that, you look through the, the teams that they played recently and beat yeah. Norwich, Crystal Palace, Leicester, with no rules, no disrespect, or other teams that either aren't fighting for anything or are a bit crap. Yeah, you're right. It's a good point so therefore, oh. Liverpool is going to be a different test for Newcastle. You mentioned it should, it should be Chris, too much. Sorry, Ross. You mentioned there before, Chris, about Villarreal get a week off. Well, we go to Newcastle away having played Villarreal on a Wednesday. I think Liverpool asked for the kick-off time to be moved and we're told no. So essentially, Thursday's recovery day, Friday training and probably travel down to Newcastle. So like that, there's, there's a very quick turnaround here. That's another thing that Liverpool are going to be very, very careful of. Now, the squad's yeah. huge and I get it, but you know, if the five subs on Wednesday, Jäger's probably going to use all of them regardless because he knows what he's, what's coming. But that's, again, a little advantage for Newcastle is that they're going to be fresher. Yeah, they are. And, and I think that Liverpool make more changes than the, than the two to three for the Newcastle game because I think Klopp recognises that those 12, 30 games are very different. You know, because you have that one recovery day, you have that little bit of training, but you won't. He trains at the same time as the matches going on, doesn't he? So he's going to have training about half twelve, something like that, on Friday, maybe on Friday morning, and then you need to give them rest and recuperation. So actually, you're only talking about probably a, a couple of hour window where they're actually going to be training yep. and going from a night game to a twelve thirty game after you've gone four thirty at the weekend prior against Everton. I think he's going to make maybe five changes to the VRL team, depending on how he gets to use his subs on the night, of course. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one. Right then, guys, we'll start wrapping up before we do so then. Um, any other business you want to talk about? Anything? Because I know you've got a stat show coming. Are you going to laugh at Everton loads today, Chris? Loads. Yeah. Can he wait? Can you? Are you going to put the Allen stat in? What? Is it worth it? Is it probably like three passes or something? One pass. It was kickoff. In 73 minutes. Completed. So yeah, streaming yeah. on Redmen Plus, the statue with Chris Page. Chris del- delves into all the numbers of the Merseyside derby as well. Ross, what's on? anything coming up for you? Anything you want to... No, it doesn't have to work. It can just be life. Nope. Are you going to propose to your girlfriend? Nope. <laughs> I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <For> fuck's sake. 
<laughs> right then, to find out if Ross got his nuts last night, tune into Podcast Extra Stream Alive on the RedmenPlus.com. Yeah, we're going to ask him about what position it was. We're going to ask him all kinds. Basically, Sordid the, details. The stuff that we're not allowed to talk about on YouTube, we put Just behind the Redmen Plus page. Oh, on. really? Socks on? Did you miss the sock gap? Save it for, save it for off, the extra. No, socks off. Save it for the extra. Okay. Save it for the extra. Do you ever, ever want to be a naked man in socks having sex? No. <laughs> Great way to end the show, yeah. RedmenPlus.com. Tune Where's in for podcast extra, obviously as well over there. We'll have an operation preview later today ahead of the Villarreal game and tons, so tons more. When you're trying to kick off things. Fucking <laughs> hell. <laughs> I can see, you know what? No wonder, Paul, no wonder Paul phoned in sick for this one. It's absolute carnage. You know? Thanks very much for watching. Do like the video. It really does help out there. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. That helps us out a load, doesn't it? I'm going to leave these two to talk about Ross and his socks and everything else that's going on. Do come and join us in Red, on redmenplus.com for podcast extra very, very shortly. Until then, I'll catch you all soon. Ta-da. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,